Welcome to a convention set episode of Who's Round, so an illustrious guest, but the background noise is also all Doctor Who stars. Okay, well, we're in a green room in Derby, uh, and I'm going to ask my uh, very last notice, kindly just been pounced on, the guest to tell me who he is and why I'm talking to him about Doctor Who. Yes, I'm uh, Joseph Long. I've appeared in two Doctor Who episodes, one in Series 4 called Turn Left, where I played Rocco Colosanto, and in the recent series where I played the Pope. Yeah, and I have to say, and it's on record on this podcast, because when I interviewed Russell T. Davis, yes. I cited... My favourite moment uh, of that year is the scene between you and Bernard Cribbins when you're being taken away. Yes. And there's just a brilliant piece of acting from the pair of you where they know yes. what's going to happen. But yes. it's all done, in, it's all done in, the, in the eyes and it's terribly moving. Yes, it's a cracking scene. Well, it was great because Bernard really made that. I mean I, I, I mean, I played my moment, but he had the tears. And uh, I said to the director, do you want me to have, should I be crying? He said, no, 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 we just, you know, that's, it's that intensity, you know, you're holding it back. You know, you know, you know probably what's going to happen, but you're not going to show this. But of course, Wilf knows exactly what's going to happen and he can't help but show it. But you, so, and, it's, and you sort yeah. of acknowledge it to yeah. him, you give yes, him that look yes. to go, you know and I yeah, know. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm really, uh, I don't remember doing it on the day. Because <laughs> it's one of those organic things, you kind of do this sort of thing. And, uh, and, then, and that's the, that was the, the take they kept. And I don't know if I kept doing it. On, but I don't think we did many takes on that one. I mean, it was quite, a, quite an instant moment. You know. And uh, do you remember how you, got, how you got the part? Had you worked with anybody before? Uh, well, I'd, I'd been doing Ashes to Ashes. Uh, I did three series of that, and uh, playing Italian character. And uh, I think producer, uh, initial producer, was also then went on to produce with Russell T Davies on Doctor Who, and they kind of asked me to come in. I had to audition, mm-hmm. uh, but I had a lovely audition with Graham Harper, the uh, the the director, yeah. who has since become a friend, which is nice. I bump into him quite on and off, and we have lunch or a cup of coffee, and. Uh, and uh, yeah, we, we just gelled because he's one of these directors who uh, doesn't just you know sit there and, and say you know okay do your bit. He's actually standing around. He's coming towards you. And, you know we had this kind of moment where we just we moved it around, and he was like just bouncing around with all this energy, and I took that energy because the, the initial part with Rocco is that you know he's. He's just this manic energy himself when he welcomes the family to the house. Mm. And it's just, you know, it's just one thing after another. You know, this is this, this is that, this is that. And I just love those. The lines were so well written and they just flew off the tongue. And, uh, but with Graham's energy as well at the interview, I was able to bring that all forward. And, you know, it was, he, he, I kind of got the feeling he might have hugged me at the end of the audition. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he would have done really, but that's my, that's my fantasy anyway. Yeah. And it's a lovely part, isn't it? Yeah, it was a great part. Yeah, it's, uh, and it's just wonderful when you, you know, meeting the fans now, and they're all, so many of them tell me how, especially that moment that we talked mm. about, is something they never forget. And but, it's an episode without the Doctor. Uh, well, I was going to say, I guess that's, that's the, you, you yeah. probably didn't even meet. Oh, I met, I met him at the read-through. Right. <laughs> 
because he had a couple of lines at the yeah. beginning and a couple of lines <laughs> at the end. Yeah, yeah. And what about Catherine Tate? Oh, she was great. Yeah, it was, uh, she, uh, she doesn't like being picked up and swung around. So I picked her up and swung her around <laughs> <laughs> on the camera. And, uh, and it worked, and she laughed her head off, and we kept it in. Oh, brilliant. She said, you won't be able to pick me up. I'm too much. I'm too heavy. I'm too heavy. I said, no, you're not. You're fine. I'll give you a hernia. No, you won't. So I just grabbed her, spun around, and there's just that moment. And it wasn't scripted that way. And I said, look, I'll just pick you up and swing you around. That's what Rocco would do, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. And it's that kind of, all that energy the man had, which, uh, which was great, because you start off with that energy and then it goes right down to that moment in that, in that sequence. Well, yeah. yeah, and you know it's, mm-hmm. you know it's real yeah, because yeah. Mr. Positive yeah, and yeah. Mr. Energy. And, of course, to begin with, uh, Catherine's character hates me. She hates Rocco, the noise he's making, his, you know, his jollity and all of that in such a desperate time. But then she grows to love him. Mm. So, uh, in a sense, I kind of had that with, with Catherine. You know, we, not that she hated me, but that, you know, it was, the, it was a slow burn, mm-hmm. our relationship on set, and uh, which really then, then took off as she became more involved with my character. And had, had you been a viewer of The Shaman? Did you know? Oh, yeah, yes. No, I've always loved it. Yeah? I've always loved it. Of course, John Pertwee was my Doctor Who. Um, that was my time, really, watching it most. And, uh, and then, but once the reboot started, which Russell started, uh, you know, in that first new series, oh, we were just, the whole family was hooked. You know, it's one of those times where we actually sat down as a family on a Saturday yeah. afternoon and actually watched the whole thing together. Yeah, that audience they said yeah. didn't exist. Yes. And so, well, before we come on to the fact that you've been in Doctor Who again, take us up to, uh, take us up to that point that got you in Doctor Who in the first place. As, as, as an actor, was, was that always something you were going to do? Uh, yeah, I, well, I, I discovered it doing my A-levels. I went to a sixth-form college. Uh, I'd always done a bit of acting at primary school. And in fact, every time that the, the teacher would tell a story at the end of the day, and uh, I would get all the kids together the next day and act it out and direct it and do the whole thing. But when I went to secondary school, it kind of, you know, I was in the rugby team, football team, it kind of, you know, got into sport and all that side of stuff, you know, dissip- dissipated, uh, except maybe singing in the choir occasionally. And then, uh, so Sixth Form College was a completely different setup. It was an ex grammar school that did a play every year in the local theatre, in Nottingham, in fact, just down the road. And, uh, and half the rugby team were in it. I thought, well, I used to enjoy it. I'll give it a go. I got a part as a member of the chorus. And then they thought, oh, some people are playing more than one part. And so I got a part as a dancer. And then I got a part as uh, the opening part of it was the character of Mercury. It was Offenbach's La Belle Hélène. And uh, I just went on with my face twitching like mad, nervous as hell, and sang a song. And I was hooked ever since then. And I failed my A-levels. <laughs> <laughs> I went back and uh, I did manage to get English literature. And uh, but because of that, uh, people were saying, yeah, well, you should do acting. I've got some good reviews uh, in, in the local paper. And I applied to drama schools and I fortunately got into Guildhall. Where I spent, you know, back in 1977. I was yeah. And, well, did, and did the work come pretty quickly once you No, well, the f- <laughs> uh, straight out of drama school, I ended up working in a pub and doing follow spot in the evening in a West End show. And, uh, but then I got a TIE, uh, Theatre and Education uh, audition through the stage newspaper. And uh, they put you through like three days of gruelling 
you know, I always say that the lower the pay, the harder it is to get the job <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they had me, you know, fitness tests and all this kind of stuff because we had to do, you know, go around touring all over the country, different schools, two, two three schools a day sometimes. And uh, at the end of it, I was absolutely exhausted. And I said, look, I'm absolutely bored with what I'm doing. Give me this job. And so, well, we like your honesty, you can have the job then. So I got my first, first job in theatre and education. Right. And uh, touring around, well, Derby. We actually did uh, all around Derbyshire, uh, but we did Somerset and, and uh, Dan Devon. And it was great fun. And then that's, from then, I kind of, I got into the West End after that. I, got a, I did some community theatre uh, just before that, but uh, I had a phone call from my head of acting at Guildhall saying that they were looking for an Italian-style actor uh, for the Aspen papers at the Haymarket in the West End. And as I rang up the, uh, one of the producers and I said, look, uh, my head of acting says you're looking for somebody. He was really grumpy, he said, well, are you in Spotlight? I said, yeah. So he looked, turned to my page in Spotlight and said, right, yes, come in tomorrow. And I met, you know, wonderful old director called Frith Banbury, oh, yes, fantastic yes, yes. director, who did a lot of work with Ingrid Bergman yeah. in the day, and uh, did an audition with him. And I got called back and met uh, Vanessa Redgrave, who was starring in it, did a scene with Vanessa Redgrave. And uh, at the end of the, that, they said, well, well, we start rehearsals such and such. And I said, well, I've got the job. I said, yeah, I've got the job. Wow. Wow. So, so, so I got my break there and I got an agent and went on to play lots of Italians. And well, yes, <laughs> that, that, that's going to bring us that is in the fact that yeah. people who've seen much of your television work yeah. will be surprised to hear you sounding yes, as I've you do. Yes, I've a lot of Luigi's. You do yes. a lot of... So yeah. is that in your heritage? You have? Yes, but both my parents are Italian. But right. I was born in Nottingham. Right. Yeah. But so. you're an, and you're an Italian speaker? Yes, yeah, I, yeah, I speak... Yeah. I'm going back there this evening and having a bowl of pasta and I'll be speaking Italian <laughs> with my parents. You know. Really? Yeah. But uh, I mean, and kind of just, uh, you know, after the, the West End shows, it was just nice to... I, went, I, went, I had a few interviews with quite a few agents and uh, one of them said, I'll only put you up for Italian parts because that's what I was doing on the West End stage. And I said, no, I don't want that. I want to be more considered more versatile. Mm. And uh, so I, I found, thankfully, I found another agent. And uh, in fact, uh, I did, so I got some nice parts. I did a nice film. And then uh, that's how I met Peter Capaldi. Um, I, went, I went for an episode of, uh, well, of Ruth Rendell Mysteries. And I said to the director, Sandy Johnson, at the time, I'm playing all these Italians. And once again, I, just, I went down on one knee. I said, please, you know, give me a break. You know, let me play, some, let me play this, this part. And I got the part. So I was Peter's... You know, he played a rock star, and I was his manager in this episode of Inspector Wexford, Ruth Rendell Mistress, about 27 years ago. Now. Wow. So when I met Peter this time, this time yeah. you know, we, we had, you know... He, of course, he, you know, he remembered, and, well, he... He either pretended to remember or he did remember. <laughs> but it was great, you know, great to see him again. You know. Well, yeah, so how, how did, I mean, I, having done a Doctor Who, did, did you think, well, that I've, I've had my shot of Doctor Who? Was well, no, I was always, because of the success of it, you know, 
uh, I, I got a lot of fan mail and a lot of, you know, uh, interest after that. And I thought, oh, they must bring the character back. And when I got the phone call to go back now, you know, last year, I thought, oh, they've, they've written me back in again. But uh, they'd actually then, eventually they sent me this script and it was for a character called Paul. Because of the non-disclosure, they didn't want people to know it was actually the Pope. Uh, so okay. I, went, I, went to, I went to read for a character called Paul. <laughs> but as soon as the script came, it said Paul, but I knew it was the Pope. <laughs> That's what the script said. So, I, you know, and it was all in Italian. So I said, but I said to the director, look, can I do some of the lines in English? And one of them we kept in, which is, a, you know... Yeah, it's really just the one line, yeah, and yeah. that was mine. That was nothing against the writers, but I, I said, can I please do that line in English? Yeah. And uh, just to, to well, give it that emphasis. Yeah. Drama, yeah. Otherwise, you're just saying it, and then someone's going to translate it. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, is it the first Pope you've played? It's the first Pope. I've done many... Uh, priests. I've done about three priests, a bishop, and a cardinal in the West End again at the Haymarket again. And he showed up with the last confession with David Suchet, who was in the previous. Yeah, yeah. And just before that, a few couple of months before that, I did a scene with him in a film called uh, American Assassin, which comes out later this year, where I played the head of the Iranian armed forces, <laughs> and uh, he is an American diplomat or whatever. And we have a scene in. Uh, in an embassy together, which was quite nice, meeting wow. him again and having yeah. a scene with him, having done six months in the West End with him. Before that, he's a lovely man, Pete. Uh, David, David, David Suchet. Yeah. And he's a, he's a terrific actor, isn't he? I mean, he's, he's fantastic. A, yeah. I'm sure, I think that's a good, when he played Poirot, he's, he's Poirot all the time. Yes, I've done Poirot. Yeah. I've played a Luigi in Poirot. <laughs> <laughs> Yellow Iris, it was called that episode. Uh, I, I was the Italian proprietor of a French restaurant in Brazil, okay. <laughs> which then comes to England. Right. And it's one of the cases he wasn't able to solve out in Brazil. Somebody dies from a poison drink. Ah. And, uh, in fact, uh, um, it was, uh, yes, David Troughton was in it. Ah, okay. Who's... Son of Patrick. Son of Patrick. I'm trying to, I always get the two... That's why I pause there, because I always get the two names confused. Yeah. Patrick and David. Patrick's the dad. So yeah, I've, worked with, I've worked with David a couple of times now. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, I, I did a uh, very peculiar practice. Ah, yes, which well. Peter Davison. Yes, Dr. Peter Davison. And I had lovely scenes with Peter, and I played a, uh, a Greek professor called Professor Eugenides, who has a heart attack in a, on a, in a massage parlor. <laughs> it was a good show. Though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, show. yeah. And uh, so, yes, so yeah, I did this uh, episode of Poirot years ago, and then suddenly I'm in the West End with him as well. And now, then I did a film with him last year. So, so David, David Suchet and I seem to cross paths. And when I did the show in the West End, in fact, because I, I fitted the costume, they asked me to, uh, I was doing, playing a, a role, and I had my own understudy, but they said, Can you understudy David Suchet? Just for the hell of it, you know, he never goes off. He's never ill. He's never, never, never missed a show. Of course, towards the end of the run, poor man, you know, had a bit of a cold or something, and I had to go on for three, three performances. Oh, really? As the lead character. How was that? Incredibly stressful, but the pleasure of doing it was just wonderful. Because I'd really worked hard. I, even though people say you'd never go on. You know, I studied it well. You know, every night I'd be at the side of the stage watching his performance, 
and I'd get my own rehearsals because all the understudies had to rehearse. Yeah. So there's another reason they asked me to do it was to give the un- other understudy somebody to rehearse with. Right. So I knew the part really well. And uh, so yeah. I worked with an actor once who was. <coughs> understudy to Anthony Hopkins' King Lear. Right. And he was playing Albany, you know. Yeah. And I said, God, I said, that, you must have been quite excited by that prospect. And he said, no, can you imagine yeah. if you know, over the town, right? Anthony yeah. Hopkins is not yeah, playing yeah, King Lear yeah, tonight, you've got yeah. Ken Drury. And yeah, you, yeah, you know, you just... Yeah. Sh- 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 no, no, <laughs> yes. Now, I experienced that a little bit. But the people, a lot of people stayed and they appreciated the fact that I, that I did it. And, I got, a, I got a bit of an ovation the first night, which was nice. All the, all the cast just threw me on stage at the end <laughs> to have my own personal bow. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. And do you, um, do, you, do you have a preference for medium stage over, over, over screen? No, no, it's all, it's all uh, pleasurable to me. You know, I, I don't do a lot of theatre, so every time I do, it's, you know, it's, it's just nice to get back to it. And mm. uh, I wonder why I've been away from it for so long. But no, it's... So to me, it's just change, you kind of change gears in as much as, you know, for the stage, it's bigger. And then you've got the other technique for TV and film. But uh, I, I wouldn't say I prefer one over the other. I, I just enjoy doing anything to do with, with acting. But you, and you always seem to be working, I mean... Well, <laughs> on and off. Uh, yeah, I've, you know, I've had a few good years and one or two years where I've taken up the painting and decorating. <laughs> Just to feed the family, but uh, luckily, yes, the last, you know, I've been a professional actor since 1980, and a jobbing actor. Mm. I'm very grateful for... Who's, who's been in, and not many people have been in an episode of Magnum PR. Yes, oh yes, yes, that was one of my first jobs with my new agent. Uh, yes, I had, a, I had my beard in those days, I looked a bit like Fidel Castro. I played a, a dictator called Commander Ocho, and he saves my life. The, uh, there's, a, there's a bullet comes flying through the window. His, his stuntman grabs me, <laughs> throws me to the ground, and then he takes over. So I, I actually got to lie on top of Tom Selleck. Wow. <laughs> Which not many people no, can say. No, no, no. Solid man. Good. <laughs> you know, good solid man. A lot of muscle there. <laughs> and what have been, what have been your, 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 your favourite jobs that you look back on in, in terms of you know, jobs that you particularly enjoyed doing? Well, I have to say the way... Two West End shows I've done have just been wonderful. And I did a film called Queen of Hearts, which is about a, an Italian family in London. It's got uh, quite a bit of critical acclaim at the time, and I was even was it I was in the Empire State Building before uh, yeah, a lot of the troubles in America. I was just but I was over there and uh, having a having a drink <laughs> as you do. And the waiter came up to me, and when you pay, you have to either wanted my passport to prove my identity because they didn't like the look of my credit card. And uh, the waiter came back and said, uh, oh, well, I saw you in that film last week, Queen of Hearts. Yeah, this is in New York. Uh, but, uh, in fact, uh, it's getting a few bounce backs now. In fact, we, we, we have a showing uh, at the Curzon on the 21st of September. It's just bringing it out for one night here and there. Wow. And it's, I say, it's directed by John Amiel, who did uh, Detective. Detective and then went on to L.A. and that had a career out in America. Um, but I say it was just this little film about Italians, uh, kind of a fantasy story told through the eyes of his nine-year-old son. And uh, it was a lovely film to do. It was, for me, it was 10 weeks of pure joy, going on set every day and playing this role. 
having all the uh, experience in my background mm. from from the you know knowing all these Italian people as I grew up, and uh, we shot it in London, and a lot of it was shot at the uh, within the Italian community. So I go to the Italian club and play cards, and right? Just join all the people there, and so it was that kind of like my research, and, and just got friendly with everybody. And uh, in fact, I and uh, I went back last year to the Italian church and did some readings in Italian and. Uh, and English for, for the memorial time, for November time, uh, to, uh, to celebrate all these war poets, the Italian war poets. And, okay. and, uh, and I did that for the Italian community. I just wanted to give something back. Oh, that's nice. And uh, a lot of people came to the church to watch that. It was a lovely evening. So I, I you know, and, and they all remember me, which is nice because I spent a lot of time with them. Yeah, but it was, it was back in 1989. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm being hurried, so um, apologies. Um, uh, you've said you've been a professional actor since 1980. Yeah. The landscape has changed. Oh yes. Tell me about that. Tell me about the differences between being an actor in 2017 and being an actor in 1980. Well, I'll get all political about it. <laughs> we all get paid less. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, in the old days, uh, I don't know, it was, just, it was just a different way of being, especially the BBC. You'd work at the BBC and you became part of the BBC family. You got one job and then you, you're, you, you actually went in on a grade, as a, even as an actor. And then you'd build up your grades, different parts you played, and your wages would go up and they could never pay you less. So you go in to do one line on something, uh, but you'd already done, you'd already got up to grade four or five, so they still had to pay you that grade. And uh, so it was kind of a, I don't know, it seemed a more of a respect for people, and people treated you much nicer. And now it's all these individual producers who, it's all for money, it's all the accountants have taken over, in my, in my experience. Uh, every now and again, you, you meet the old school people, you know, especially uh, when you're filming. You know, behind the camera, there's a lot of lovely you know, old school, uh, you know, the, the DOPs and yeah. like that, and the camera guys. And uh, at, least, at least some of them are your age. <laughs> As, of course, the other thing is, is everybody now seems younger than my kids. Well, yes, you, you know you're getting older when the executives are getting younger. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, you know the uh, you know, all the ads and yeah, there's, they're still they're, you know they're, they're trained well they you know they they're respectful but sometimes you feel that uh, in the past there was a, there was an etiquette which is kind of disappearing yeah but I really you know when I, but when it comes back uh, in today I, I always thank people for that I always say look you know that's you know, thanks for treating me like a human being <laughs> and not just an asset walking in front of the camera. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but also, you know, there's a lot of freshness to it as well. I mean, you know, a lot of young people coming up today, you know, bringing new ideas into the profession. You know, when I started, there, was an, there seemed to just be a way of doing things, uh, which had been that way for a while. Um, and now, you know, there's... You know, every, there's all the different technologies, of course. Uh, everything's, thankfully, seems a bit quicker. <laughs> uh, less makeup because uh, of the, the different types of cameras now they can use. The HD, yeah, it up, yeah, it? yeah. 
don't don't have to wait four hours between lighting cues. You know, change the lighting. What about lack of rehearsal, which is something actually that is a big thing. About. Yeah, that is yeah, yeah. Um, I know cause when I uh, when I first started, yes, you'd you'd get least three or four weeks rehearsals on a play. Now you're lucky to get two. And your first week on stage is, 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 is like a dress rehearsal. And you, but I always think, you know, when, when you, any, anything you do, there's a lot of planning involved before you get there, film or theatre. But then once, you, once the ball starts rolling and it starts to cost money, you get the actors in, you get the technicians in, whatever. It's like a bomb goes off. It all has to be done in a hurry, you know. Everyone's screaming left, right and centre to get it all finished within time and within budget. And so many times you get to the end of the day and you haven't filmed certain scenes and, well, they're cut. That's it. Can't do them. You can't afford it. Yeah. 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 Well, look, I can't afford any more time, sadly. No, no. This has been br brief, but thank you for your time and for no, doing it at such short notice. Yeah. Uh, I only have two questions. Yeah. Uh, the one I've primed you about, which is, um, this is all done for free uh, by everybody involved, so what is the charity you would like the listener to donate to? Well, I've been giving a lot of my charity these days to the British Heart Foundation. Great, and I will do a link. Uh, and the final question, which I have numbered everybody with, is what is your message to the Doctor Who fans listening out there? Uh, my message is keep watching, enjoy it, you know, embrace the new Doctor. Yes, and what do you think of uh, the fact we have a, a Doctor? Well, I, I think it's great, you know, the Doctor can be anything. You know, the Doctor could, doesn't even have to be human. Well, he's not human, but he I mean, doesn't have to take human form at all. But, uh, you know, uh, I think it's... And, and coming to this convention here, it's fantastic to see a lot of people have actually got T-shirts and with, seem to support the fact that Jodie's going to be doing it next. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I have heard a lot of criticism at previous conventions. People, people seem very unhappy. Uh, and it's like the end of Doctor Who for them. But I think that, you know, but Doctor Who changes all the time. They'll still yeah. I remember when, you know, when David Tennant left, you know, who's this guy, Matt Smith? Never heard of him. What's he, what's he going to do? You know, where is he? Never, you know, doesn't seem to have done anything before. Great Doctor. Yeah. I really enjoyed him. He brought a different touch to it all. Yeah. Well, we shall see. That's yeah. all ahead of us. Well, yeah. Joseph Long, thank you very yeah, much indeed. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Brilliant. That was great. Thank you. Yes, that was in the green room of Hooverville at Derby. So my thanks to Steve Hatcher for setting that one up with Joseph, which, for which Joseph had about 25 seconds notice. Um, bless him. And thanks to Steve, who is, uh, I'm pleased to say, I think behind now the next big finish day, uh, which means it will be a great convention. So uh, go along to that. Um, maybe I'll see you there, uh, he said, angling for an invitation. Um, the British Heart Foundation is Joseph's charity, which is www.bhf.org.uk. B-H-F, F for Freddy. Uh, don't, yes, not S. I don't want you to go to the British Home Stores website. Um, if you can give to that, that would be marvellous. Thanks for listening. Please do so again next time. But before you go, I'd just like to point you in the direction of episodes 200 
and 201 of this podcast which resumed transmission after we'd taken a bit of a break so we had to choose somebody very special for those episodes and of course you heard the majestic tones of liquid gold of that fine actor Trevor Martin who of course had an enviable career on stage playing many of the great classics for both the Royal Shakespeare Company and the National Theatre and who of course played Doctor Who on stage and as I record this which is the night before the podcast is released um, three weeks ago Trevor sadly whilst on holiday in Bulgaria passed away at the age of 87 Um, I spent occasions with Trevor after um, we'd recorded the podcast I very much enjoyed his company and uh, was always very grateful that he was he wore his career so lightly and was uh, happy to indulge uh, and join uh, me and friends of ours for for drinks and stories um so yeah maybe go back and have a listen to that one because uh, it's priceless and uh, he was a very nice man so r.i.p trevor and thank you uh, everybody who listens to these because if you didn't i wouldn't have the opportunity to meet and spend time with such splendid people okay thanks for listening bye bye soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who. We interrupt your regular programmes for a word from our sponsor. Hello, this is the Doctor. The Tenth Doctor Adventures, Volume 2. Rose! Thought you'd show your face, did you? No, you seem to be doing all right. <laughs> Maybe if you stood still, you'd find it less draining. Yes, it's a fencing match, mon ami, what? not a Highland jig. Yes. Unquestionably, the most lauded operatic tenor of the modern age. Oh. <laughs> Amazing. Is he? Oh, no. Why am I in a cage? Calm down. Anakin won't help. Calm down? What earthly reason have I to be calm? Ah, it's no good. Come on, we've got to go. What is I it? I saw a ship. A ship? What sort of ship? Oh, come on. Come on! How many of them should we kill, do you think? How many? Well, all of them, of course. Doctor! I knew it! One chance! That's all Rose Tyler ever needs. Oh, Lord! Your face is... Keep away! Come on, before there's no stopping them. No stopping what? The Ice Warriors. Evacuate! Oh, oh, guns pointing the wrong way. I'm Rose Tyler. And the thing about us, Tyler's, we won't lie down when we're beaten. Warning. Operational tolerance succeeded. This is it, Rose. Everybody run! I'm Rose Tyler. He's the doctor. One question. What the hell's going on? Big finish. We love stories. Hello, Rose. It's your mum. Sorry to call. I know you're busy fighting evil lobsters or something, but when you get this, if you could pop round to Marge's in Norwich, you know Karen's mum, I'd really appreciate that. We've sort of been 
We've sort of been invaded. All right, great. Love you. Speak soon. Bye.